Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Coffee Club Podcast, episode 92 today, I believe. And to get us going, the first thing that I'd like to mention is our merch, which we put the uh, message out on the Instagram channel to get some Q&A, and there were a couple of questions about merch. We have been very silent on the merch for the last two or three months. It's funny for me to think about the timeline on us mentioning merch, because I think probably about a year ago we started mentioning it. Actually, over a year ago, because like the sample that George is wearing right now, that was made like a year ago, I believe, that style. But it's been, you know how it goes, in the pipeline for that long. And I think finally I can say with some confidence that it's coming out very soon, which I hope that's not a letdown. But like, that's I'm, thinking, huge. I'm thinking literally like less than two weeks, I'm going to say. And uh, so that's all we'll say about it for now. We have some cool media like social media rollout type stuff that's some cool pictures and all that a giveaway and all that that i think we're going to do for it so stay tuned come in very soon so save up your pennies because you're going to want to excited you're going to want to buy some of this merch it's pretty cool but yeah and we're very excited as well because finally it feels like we can uh, put out something to the world i mean we did drop the ollie shirt but that was kind of a bit more of a joke this is something that we can proudly wear every day a lot of people have been messaging me about the Ollie shirt saying, when are you restocking them? Yeah, I have seen messages about restocking <laughs> I've, I've had multiple messages of people just going, hey, like I missed out on the Ollie drop. Are you guys restocking anytime soon? It made me sad to say, no. Nah. <laughs> no, that was, that was 24 hours. You had to be there. Yeah. I am pretty excited to hopefully like see our stuff around mm-hmm. at meets and like just in the running world. That's going to be pretty sweet. That's what I'm really excited for because, uh, I mean, the Ollie shirt is a hilarious thing. To get to. <laughs> Actually, I have a really, a short story from the Discord is that someone, someone sent into the Discord, hey, I'm at Eugene. I just saw someone wearing an Ollie shirt and then some guy sent a selfie of him at the meet wearing the Ollie shirt. And he's like, oh, was it me? He's like, no, it was a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> So it is out there. It is circulating, but our new, our new merch will be also very cool to wear around. And it just looks good. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm talking about it more than I thought I would now, giving away a little bit more. But like I wore it to a coffee shop and I lit, the guy compliments, like the barista was like, yo, nice, nice shirt, dude. That's sick. Really? Didn't know what it was. Didn't know what it was, it was cool. but they, he thought it looked cool. So very excited for that. That's the best nice. compliment you could possibly receive for a coffee styled shirt is at the barista. Yeah. Gives you a compliment on that. Exactly. Honestly, you should take a few down to Boxcar when we get some. Yeah, yeah. Make them wear so it. <laughs> Make them <laughs> wear it. That'd be so good. So, Try yeah, get we'll, in the coffee. Yeah, get in the coffee scene. We'll just, we'll just be, it'll be out there in the world very soon is, is what I'd like to say. So get excited. And we do have, we have a little double bean shout out today. All if you'd like to. Yeah, double bean shout out for us. Um, first, I'll start off with this lovely bag of beans that's opened um, from Singapore. So Jordan Donnelly, we've had him on the podcast, the Lightning Team head add-on, lovely bloke, lives and breathes running. Um, his wife was at school in Singapore, I believe, and she picked up these beans for us. Nancy. I got them in St. Maurice. Nancy, thank you, Nancy. Um, very excited. These beans smell amazing. Um, so very excited. So they're from a roaster in Singapore? Yeah. Man, yeah. international. International. Um, has a roast date and everything. They're... They often do. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the roast? Oh, n- nylon coffee roasters. No, like the roast date. Oh, yeah, I know, but yeah. also. Also the roaster, yeah. And then when I was at St. Moritz uh, at the track, this uh, lovely gentleman came up and uh, asked if I was Ollie, and I said, unfortunately, I am. And he gave 
asked a bag of beans from he's from Geneva. This is from his Geneva place that um, he loves to go to, and he says, "Dear coffee club boys, I hope you enjoy Switzerland. Here's some beans from a hipster shop in Geneva. It's their 100% Arabica house blend, and it smells great. Sincerely, Alex. Age demographic: 30 to 35. Um, I feel like love, that's heavily directed at me. <laughs> yeah, I love that he had the age demographic. Really lovely bloke. Thanks, Alex, for coming up and saying hello. And, and it's always, you know, really nice to get a bag of beans from a fan. So, what's the name of this again? one? This one is." Uh, Calico? Calico, I think. That's an O, right? I think that's an O. Is that an O? Calico in Geneva. Alma, the Arabica. Wait, uh, do they have a big meat in Geneva? <sighs> Sounds like... But why do I think mm. they do? Maybe it's like the... In- I think I believe everything you say anyway. So. <laughs> well, that was a question. It was a question. I was going to say... Maybe? Yeah, they have the or international... Lausanne. Because Lausanne yeah. is like... Yeah. Just Similar on vibe. Lake Geneva. I think they're, they're it's like just around the, the lake. They probably is a race. I think I was getting yeah. confused with the Geneva Convention. Hey guys, look, there's a roast date. <laughs> I don't know if that's a trade me. <laughs> there's a roast date in this one as well. No in the way. back, yeah. In the back there. Um, the but thank you very amazing. much to Nancy and Alex. Uh, really appreciate it. And we're very excited to dig into those beans. So that's the bean shout out. Shout out to the Geneva Convention as well. Uh, and George, you have been... So we... Coaching Kev has been a little bit quiet for three or four weeks just because it's just kind of something that's happening in the background. But... George is his primary coach, and well, he's pretty much his only coach. Only and I do not do very much. <laughs> we <laughs> assist, assisting coaches. We, we literally just—I've skimmed over like the schedule. A few I times give thumbs and I'm up to his too messages. scared to touch anything because I think George is doing a fantastic <laughs> job. So if I touch anything, it'll just destroy everything that George has put in. Yeah, so I'm just—I'm just watching from afar. And we plan on having Kev on the show very soon, but I think it's a great time for George to give an update to all you guys that were wondering. Just yeah, I just want to say George is doing like an amazing job coaching mm. him. I think George has given him more attention than I've seen any athlete receive yeah. <laughs> ever before. So <laughs> like on our team, I'm like looking. I was like, George, uh, you uh, got another space? Yeah, <laughs> opening space for. Coaching. Hopefully, Kev feels the same way. Um, no, I actually have. Um, I've enjoyed it a lot more than I thought. Not that I didn't think that coaching that wasn't something we should do, or um, like I, that I didn't think it was going to be fun. But I've definitely like um had a lot of a lot of fun writing workouts and and kind of just keeping up with uh with Kevin on strava because mm-hmm. his strava captions are pretty funny um go follow him he's get, actually getting some fans apparently at the last race he had a few oh yeah coffee cool. club fans because he he races in our visor i yeah. believe part of the merch drop um <laughs> so stick that in there. um no that's been it's been really fun and he debuted for the coffee club uh, track club a couple of weeks ago uh, with a 4.29 track mile. For reference, the, the ultimate goal of the summer is sub 4.20. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the coaching, that's the dream. But it was his first sub 4.30 mile in seven years. Apparently. That's huge. Yeah. So we made good progress already. And then followed up with a couple of track mi- uh, road miles at uh, the Dairyland mile series in milwaukee i'm guessing yeah i think it was milwaukee it was- actually seemed pretty sweet it was like two consecutive road miles on like friday and saturday nights on different bits of road i'm guessing <laughs> different stretches of road know. yeah I and think it was so. like extra bonuses for like if you won both of them or something sound like the tour de france like different stages exactly like it was like a two, it was like a two-stage two, <laughs> mile, two, two, two stage mile tour de france in milwaukee That's and he sweet. dropped a, a 439 and a, a 426 the next day yeah for I think both top 10 placings. Mm-hmm. These so, these races were all very competitive as well. Yeah. 
Like he's he's got some legit competition in these races, and he's he's chopping it up with them, so he's doing very well. Yeah, yeah, he really does. Um, and then a couple of oh, we've got a beer mile going this weekend. Um, I'm excited for this one. Which not sure how my coaching strategy has played into. Have you have you picked the beer? It's a tough one <laughs> yeah. to coach. It's tough to coach someone's what's, been drinking. What's the biggest What's the biggest factor here for for you as a coach? Like, is it like picking the right alcoholic beverage and testing that water? Do you get to choose? I, I think, think you do. You do. Yeah. It has to be I a certain. Mean, it has to be like over percentage. like four percent or something, doesn't it? I think there's a yeah. rule, but yeah, I, I have very little experience in beer miles. Yeah, not, but I think you got to get like the uh, the, the whirlpool um, sculling Spin. down. <laughs> yeah, that's the kid update though. He's like the ultimate uh, athlete though. He hasn't missed a day of training since we started. He's been crushing. Makes it very easy to coach. Very coachable. Great, Great coachability. Coachable. So credit to him and credit to you as well. You guys are. I, you guys are a great match so it's going very well and as i said hopefully kev will be on very soon to tell from his own uh mouth how it's all going but yeah for now everything's looking really good and shout out to kev for just racing so well training so well and hopefully he crushes the beer mile, which is is it this weekend i think so yeah he's just representing the coffee club so well out there <laughs> he's raced the most <laughs> he's putting in the most races so far but uh moving on to the main topics for today our main one it's very interesting because it's something that just a few days ago, I don't think uh, I even I didn't even know this was a possibility that this would be that would be previewing the Stockholm Diamond League in this way that we are. So this is this week is a is a double header for the Diamond League, Lausanne, Stockholm, back to back pretty much, and they're two. I mean, they're two awesome places, two great meets, and they're two big ones, and. George rocks up. Well, I'll just let you tell this story, George, because I didn't even know that you were like, you just got back from Europe like a week ago, I feel like. And then you found out that you got into the Stockholm Diamond League. So yeah, mm-hmm. how did that all play out? Into the big leagues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt like there was... So I came back from, from Nice what, maybe 10 days ago. And knowing that I'd run a kind of decent steeple, like in under 820 um which is you know it's not um it's it's competitive up there um and you know now i'm ranked in the in the 20s in the world so i thought there was like a slim chance that and that a diamond league steeple was a possibility for the season um but that it wasn't a kind of sure enough thing to stay in europe and so got uh Haas on the job, um, my agent, and knowing that there's only three Diamond League steeples left in the season, and they're all quite soon. It goes Stockholm, Monaco, Poland, and then that's it for the year until the final. So even if you run well at Worlds and like you want to try and get into the final, like there aren't any that's crazy. Diamond Leagues in between such a big gap. Worlds and the final. So it's kind of now or never. Um, and... Yeah, so Haas was just like, yeah, I've reached out to to Stockholm again and it's like, you want to go back or like, you want to come to Leuven for a bit? Or I was like, ah, I think I'll just like head back to the US and kind of hope to, to get in and then just try and, I don't know, get a, try and get an upgrade or something and, and make the travel as easy as possible. Um, but like the field was full apparently, so I was just on the wait list and then, um, yeah, we've You've probably all heard us complain about how the intricacies of getting into a diamond league uh, make it, unless you're Ollie, 
or Mario Yar at this point or a couple of the others where you can kind of pick and choose for the rest of us um, chumps that aren't, <laughs> that aren't on that either. level. Um, it can be a little bit stressful. Um, but yeah, got the got the text on Saturday maybe or Sunday that um, that I have got to start in Stockholm Steeple this weekend, Sunday. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> had to plan some travel pretty quickly and... Yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually pretty freaking excited. Um, Stockholm and Oslo, I think, kind of been on like top of my list of diamond leagues that I've wanted to go to. Just watching these guys in Oslo, like, looks so epic up there. And heard similar things about Stockholm. And yeah, I mean, it, I have to be have to be pretty grateful in my position that, um, like, I've gone from from the Mount Ballsack relays <laughs> Look at to an two and a half months ago <laughs> running running 840 something to and kind of with the aim like i'm gonna have a real shot at this and like hopefully i can run some some actual good meets mm-hmm. and within you know my fifth my fifth steeple is going to be diamond league steeple so you know no matter what the result is i i feel like i should be pretty pretty grateful for that and yeah, such a good opportunity that, like, I I couldn't say no, even Definitely. though it was a it was a pretty quick turnaround, and feeling more positive about the steeple again. Gone through definitely like some highs and lows of thinking, like, ah, oh, fuck this again. <laughs> Why am I doing this to like? Then some hurdles start feeling good, and and the one in Nice, my body came off a lot better. That was like one of the things that I was just kind of bummed out about in LA. It was just like my ankles were just so messed up after hitting, just not having very good water jumps, I think was part of it. And and just my body felt like shit after it. And then, so I'm like, God, oh, like it's hard to look forward to an event where you know you're going to just feel so bad after it. Yeah. Um, but then after going to Nice and just, I think, having a few least expectations going into the race and being a bit more relaxed about it and then I've actually come off it really well. So I'm back to being like, more positive about the steeple again mm-hmm. and yeah it's going to be going to throw down with um the big boys yeah well so Al-Bakali, for one Al-Bakali. <laughs> i hope Do he's you... not going for the world record yeah. but i just assume he is like why not or at least sub eight yeah i mean that yeah that's probably a given i think with him in the race is a guaranteed sub eight yeah, yeah. i think he broke eight like four times last year <laughs> but i think quick. he's going to be like pissed that he didn't get the world record and then germa got it so you'd think he'd might go for it mm. yeah, so if you watch the diamond league you probably won't see me <laughs> but uh i'll be back there hey, they, sometimes they do a pretty good job of going back and forth there wasn't a lot in paris i think it was just mm. a germa cam this is true laps. this is true but and then but there was like a good race for like another set of lights and then like a big packet like they went like eight or nine to eight sixteen was like eight people or something so yeah well that's kind of what my question is looking at the field for this race because last week in your recap of um, your France trip, you kind of expressed how you were still just a bit frustrated that you hadn't taken the next step yet, which, I mean, we all know from your training that, like, you're ready to do it. Does this race look like that type of race? And I do want to say, just looking at how the steeples have been this year, I think we already mentioned this last week. There are other standouts, the world record uh, with Goma and then El Bacali, but the field... He's not very... I mean, you ran 8.17 at Nice. 
the field for these races has not been very far, like in front of that time. Do you think that this is looking like that race where you really feel like if you're just in it, you'll get carried and you'll get carried along to, you know, maybe a five second PB or something like that? Mm -hmm. That is kind of how the, I don't know if that's always how the steeple is. I don't know if I paid as much attention kind of previously to this year, but it seems like, you know, there are some people that can run you know, a couple in the 750s, Albert Carl and Germer, and then a few in the 80s, but honestly not, like less than 10 people I think have run in the, like under 18 this year. So there is like the next chunk and even in all these diamond leagues is kind of 8, 810 to even like low 820s have, has been getting in. So, but then, you know, the only races at the standard has been run I think I mentioned last week is in like the three Diamond League steeples so far. Whereas only maybe there's only no, there's only been two, and those are the only two races, and and people are running eight ten back there. So I think if it's going to happen, it's it's probably in in a Diamond League race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Ollie can attest for that. Like pe- people show up, and and you show up when on on the big stage. You know, yeah, 100%. sometimes it takes that like you know a lot of energy from big crowd and and best runners in the world and kind of put all that together i think it's just also just the meets in in your like particular diamond leagues that are on pre does a great job in the u.s but other than that there's not the u.s like diamond leagues but in europe those big big races big diamond league races the crowd turns up the athletes always turn up it's like you know it's the biggest race biggest races apologies to the season compared to like everything else so when you have that heightened sense of like everything around you you're gonna Mm -hmm. kind of it's gonna carry you along with it so and just the level like we've said has been so high every diamond league i don't see why it would be 100 and take advantage of it yeah Yeah. it's like there's not even a question it's like these other races that you've done it's like you you probably going into all these races have had the thought okay like is someone going to be running 815 today like you're not sure if Mm -hmm. it's going to be that race whereas you go into a diamond league it's not even like you don't even have to think that you're like all right this whole pack of guys is trying to run under 815 and they're just going to go for it makes racing actually i think more exciting for yeah personally because i know you like the slow tactical races but i think now with the racing like for example in the steeple like you know they're going to run a probably eight minute pace or quicker with a close like you know that's the way the race is going to be so it's all about just competing when it matters mm. like you're just going to go along with the race and then when it gets to the, the find end you can just go and compete and not worry about time or anything like that because i think that's a big factor with a lot of the other smaller races is like everyone's worrying about running the standard or running a certain time to get into these other meets but you're got into the meet that like matters right so mm. you can just kind of enjoy the race let it unfold and that's one of the privileges of being in a diamond league makes yeah. it easier for the athlete i think i like, understand there's definitely been like a corner of my mind in the last couple of races like are we running 815 like can't really tell like mm. is do i need to go do something like does someone need to go do something yeah and yeah there's definitely one where i'm like everyone's they're going to be running a lot faster than that so there's no point even thinking about it like just yeah. switch off and and get amongst the racing mm-hmm. i mean i it's, think it's going to be a really good um like test for i was thinking if i didn't get into a diamond league steeple like whether or not I was going to run one before Worlds, like I've only, I mean, I just wanted to be in a really high level one before getting into like the first round of Worlds. Like you I've only been that. in races that have gone eight seventeen is the fastest one. Like I feel like I need to be in a race with Wale and Albuquerque and like see what it's like to actually be on the line with those guys and 
before the first round of worlds yeah so i think it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a good one it's yeah that's a really good point because i've been thinking about this a little bit recently about how like what we do our biggest goal of the year is always world or olympics but you do get in i don't know it's it is hard to prepare for those races in some ways because of the high level of competition and how tactical those races are because yeah like what you just said where you're going to be racing against that level like you're going to really feel it i was thinking about this for like the hard thing for the 1500 because i was watching Sinta just competed at the i don't even know what's called europe cup european team champs champs. something shout out to italy for getting the dub and And she she raced well she came fourth and did solid but it was a super tactical race and i'm just thinking like it's so weird as a pro like trying to like you just don't get that many races where you're really able to replicate worlds that well and for her that was a tactical 1500 and like honestly ollie like you haven't really raced like any super tactical 1500s or miles for so long and mm. like for you georgia yeah, that's racing against this high competition it's just like a weird thing that there's not as much i mean this is a thing that we've talked about like a billion times on the podcast like the idea of time trialing racing mm-hmm. for time versus competing but if you're specifically thinking about our goals of success at worlds it is really good to consider those type of things like yeah i want to line up against the best so mm. i can feel it and that is what you do every single time you race ollie i, th- I think the interesting aspect of our sport is that like if you look at particularly with no distance and distance when i talk about our sport is that like for sprints it is nice to have the competition but you're kind of just in your own lane really you're not really you're not feeling the environment as much i believe as you would when you're racing the steeple or the 1500 or the 5k 10k like you're bunched up with those guys they make moves that it affects the way you're running where you're running if you're running on the outside or the inside if you're getting knocked if you're getting clipped like that sort of exposure, I think, before Worlds is so good to, like, give you some sort of normalcy with it. Because I think when you get to those situations in the heat semis, finals, whatever, um, you, you're going to experience a part of that from racing. And if you don't get it with the best guys around, it's going to be foreign and it might set you off a little bit. It, might, it doesn't feel like it should. And mm-hmm. I think that's the one thing that a lot of athletes, particularly for the under meter runners, really want to do is run with Jakob, run with Tim Chariot, run with Josh Kerr, uh, Yard Nagus, Myra, um, Oliver Hoare, Oliver Hoare. <laughs> uh, all, those, all those guys, because like, you get the feeling of like how they run their style of running, even if it doesn't seem like when you're watching it, like you do have a good sense of everyone around you in racing. And I think Steeple in particular is like even more heightened because you're going over barriers, you're seeing how people jump, you're giving, giving an idea of like how it feels to be running behind them when that happens. I think that's way mm. more uh, crucial, particularly in the steeple. So it's a huge um, benefit, I think. And what do you think of of our kind of absence as Oceania runners of like having a, a tactical race in June and July? Because obviously USA's is next week. Mario and Center have got their Spanish and Italian champs in like a month or so. Like everyone else is getting a little bit of tactical practice in a month to six weeks before like if we want to get that in we got to go do it in march i have an opinion on do you that. think we need to go like find a tactical race no what do you so, reckon yes i have an, i have an opinion on that and i don't know if it's going to be light i don't, i think having the australian championships in particular in march and april is so stupid personally 
because but it has to be then like it couldn't be any it other couldn't time. be but why couldn't it be june and july as well, well you'll go cross country season but are you gonna go back to australia in june or july like you wouldn't want to do that either for tactical like tactical knowledge and experience i think i would because i think it's important to be able to go back and race a champion style type of race before worlds but the, the issue with it being in march is you kind of lose that kind of feel and edge like when i went back and ran uh, in march for the last year. Eugene qualification mm-hmm. last year. It was really like really good race for me tactically. Yeah, you got a lot out of that. I got a lot out of it, and I think I I really valued it. But the time of year just kind of sucked because it didn't really benefit me moving into the championship racing because at that point already months had passed, and I kind of maybe lost a little bit of that kind of experience and and knowledge. Whereas in June July, if you're doing it then, you're, you're kind of building off it. There is the negative of like traveling home. <laughs> Yeah. like 24 hour trip and you're like right in the middle of the season you're in hard training you've got all these big races in Europe so there is that give and take but I just yeah I feel like maybe it just sucks it just sucks with well, what's, what's the trade off see I think I think the benefits do outweigh the negatives that not having to peak not having to do yeah I think the fact that you can secure qualification in March or April whenever Nationals is and then you can just prepare the whole year for the worlds is actually overall an advantage but i do agree with your point that it is a negative that we don't have that tactical racing because the, the thing the reality is just looking at our teammates mario with the spanish 1500 is a great example he knows that if he's made that spanish team as assuming like as long as nothing goes wrong in terms of injury he knows that he's good enough to make the final at worlds same with the usa team in a lot of the events mm. like you know if you make the usa team how good you are and yeah, that's really tough and really stressful to have to, like, even for Joe, Alicia, like, USA's, you can never take that for granted. So I would overall say to avoid that is actually a nice thing for us if you, like, things go well. But it does probably make you stronger to go through it. How about this? USATF, let us race. Make it an open. <laughs> Make it open. Let us race. USA uh, would implode. Australian James open, right? Yeah. And yeah. New Zealand. USA, and even some of the European countries is open. Really? Yeah, it is. But but USA, that Imagine would just make no sense. Imagine how many people would enter in That would make no sense. I would love it. What if there was the USA 1500 and just there was like two USA athletes <laughs> yeah. in the final? That'd be hilarious. Well, maybe that's why they don't want to do it because they're too scared that a lot of Americans wouldn't make it through. That would be like the most... Un-American thing ever. Yeah, it doesn't sound very American to let foreigners in and then just beat them at their own game. They they would hate it. They would hate it. But also, like, the Americans are fucking amazing at every event. They don't need internationals. They feel international enough. Yeah, they're fucking so good at every event. Like, every event, they're mostly sending three people and it's, like, very, very, like, tough competition to make that top three. So, it's pretty... uh, pretty epic that's why watching it is so like awesome so I love exciting but well, yeah. i honestly think for you at this point like you're so fit and on such a high level that if you are running one more race this season i don't know if that's announced or not but if you go run one more diamond league and it's not like a 327 race if it's like a 332 race that's literally like a tactical race for you yeah you that's are. just how good you are yeah. so then it's like you know, that is it. That is some good tactical practice. So I have two factors in that, George. <laughs> Number one, I go run a tactical 332, 333, 231 race, whatever, and like really just like, like absorb that knowledge, whether it's a good or bad race. Or I get the pacing in, into it. 329.3, 3, 
break the Australian record again. By one hundred. Which, what do you think would help better for? Yeah, that's worlds. the thing. The only thing that you haven't done is that, like, recently. Would you rather do that, or would you rather run three twenty nine point three in the world final? Oh, hundred percent the world final. The one thing I I feel like, and maybe this is a bit of a far fetched statement, but I think, but because we're talking about the fifteen hundred right now, I think if you're running three twenty nine, you can consistently run three twenty nine. You're going to be in a good spot. In the final, if you if that's you that. not a lie, that's not a lie, right? That's not a far fetched statement. That's not, a <laughs> but it might be far fetched because there's so many people running so fast that you're like, uh, you're saying they're not like there aren't many three twenty nine guys that won't make the final. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's there could be someone this year though. There, there probably will be. I like, mean, that's how good people just, are running. Yeah, it's crazy, and it's going to be tactical racing. But like in the steeple, for example, like with that chunk of athletes, do you think? going through the rounds and stuff, is it going to just be way more tactical? In the, are you going to experience a very tactical race in the heats or do you reckon it's just going to be like, they're just going to run, try and run like 8 under 8-10? That's a good question in the steeple. I think people don't love running super slow in the steeple because yeah. it, it actually makes you feel it worse. Makes right? it feel worse. Yeah. Like, That's what I like about the steeple. It's never that slow. No. It's normally never that slow. Because even if you're running like 68, you're on 8.30 pace. And then you close. With the big close and run 820, like at the slowest probably. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I think, yeah. I think either way that would feel tactical. Yeah. And just people wouldn't, like, I don't think people are going to go out and run any over 70s. So it feels was terrible hurdling. This could be a double bubble for you in Stockholm because I feel like it could be a tactical race, but it could be under 810. You know what I mean? You could get a bit of a tactical exposure. I don't think it's going to be like tactical in the way that you mean tactical though. I so mean, it's in like competing with like. It's gonna be. I think maybe it's really in terms of like the steeplechase is the least single file yeah. race that you mm-hmm. get. Like, and you're moving around a lot, even in a time trial steeplechase. Like, it's not. It's the you're not just yeah. in a single file line that, like in a fifteen. That's what I mean. I think like because that's just the only way you can do it. Really. Placing the diamond league and diamond league points, like it's it's pretty important whether you're first or eighth. So like I'm I'm thinking like in the top eight, it's gonna be a really tactical race in the sense of like. Yeah, I think the way to run it is is to treat it like a like making trying to make the final at Worlds like trying to get top five kind yeah. of thing. Honestly, that's pretty good. I like that. I yeah. like it. Attack those steeples, baby. Attack them. Attack the clear steeples. the water jump. Yeah, just don't even touch the, the steeple. Just go straight over. Caputo but, was doing that in front of me. In <laughs> I was like, that was my quite, okay. So it was terrifying to watch. I was like, dude, what is <laughs> when you're doing? So this is like, I don't want to spend too long on this, but. When you're doing a steeple and there's all these people steepling around you, do you start to get a really good sense as to how everyone around you steeples and you have to kind of adjust for it? Like you can tell really well like who's a good steepler and who's not kind of. Does that make sense? Yeah, you can get a feel for it. I feel like some people really attack them and some people just like jump over them. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. For the most part, when I've been kind of at the front of the last two races, like most of those people are... I mean, watching Caputo hurdle was definitely... He attacks them. He attacks them. Yeah. Um, no fear. At that level, everyone's pretty good at hurdling or they've like Caputo and they've figured out how to make bad hurdling go fast. <laughs> yeah. It's a skill. It's very impressive. Yeah. Well, very excited to see you get in that Diamond League. So cool that, yeah, this is your first season doing it and you're already at this level so we're very excited to see you and hopefully get that big uh, pb new zealand record still on the mind i mean if you're going for if you're going for the world standard under 815 you're right there so it's gonna be so cool and the other diamond league that is which is two days so that's on sunday stockholm mm-hmm. sunday night is lozon saturday or friday friday night friday so we have teammate Jonas, our swiss teammate racing in the 5k there which lozon has a 
bunch of really good meats as well. I don't think we're going to try preview it too hard because we don't really know that much. But the, there's a lot of heavy hitters across the 5K and the 15 on the men's side, which is the races that we've seen. And Jonas, he raced really well with George in Paris. And I think with a few more weeks of training under his belt, he's going to be ready to go. I'm sure he's trying to crack 13, 10, probably even quicker than that, to be honest, get the standard and all that. So he's looking good. And the other big name which jumped out to us was Kai Robinson. So Kai, I'm sure everyone knows him, double NCAA champ outdoors, Australian. He's been crushing it for yeah. quite a while now. What do we think he's going to do? Kai, Red Robin Robinson. Red Robin Robinson. <laughs> Mate, I, I think... Red th- Robinson. Red Robinson. That's nice. I, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think it was slept on, but the 510K double pretty fucking impressive at NCAA is like not many people have done that and he looked like he did it pretty comfortably too in the heat so going to Luzon like I think he can compete with the best I mean he's been at comms he's been at Worlds he's he like, looked really good at Worlds last Worlds year he like made a move with Cheptegar mm-hmm. uh, really I think Ch- yeah he made he's looked, the rounds outside he's looked really good when it's hot yeah he does well in the heat he's even um, better in the heat than he's yeah. in cold that's why, that's why he's known as Red Robin he's red hot um, yeah. yeah in general I think I think he can run 13 teens to maybe maybe if he's on fire bro he's run 13 teens before under 13 yeah but I'm thinking more he's run 13 11 in December yeah look I mean in Boston admittedly so at 5 or 10 seconds the reason why he looked like he was jogging and that was 7 months ago the reason why I say teens though is because NCAA is a long season it's a long year for him so I could see him being maybe a bit tired travel and everything like that but that doesn't say that I don't think he can go out and run under 1310. I, I was I was think thinking about that. Good. But then if you look at how he's season, he kind of went quiet for a bit after World mm-hmm. Cross, yeah. which like during he indoors, season, he was yeah. quiet. He wasn't, he's still amazing, but he wasn't as amazing as he, as you maybe thought he would be. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that was planned or just kind of the way things played out because of all the travel and racing. But I think that might come. Yeah, in his favor. I think if he's recovered well from the 510, I think. 30 noses, Thirty noses is very realistic. Yeah. yeah, he could go under 1305, I would imagine. Just because I, I think he's just that good, yeah. Mm. Plain and simple, I think he is. And I think that's what like Dylan Jacobs would be running. Like if Dylan Jacobs was lining up in a diamond league and he was fit and ready to go, I'd say, yeah, he's going to run under 1305 as well. So you can't break the collegiate record anymore, right? After installation. What can you do? Collegiate best or something. Dude, that's such a contentious topic. Is he? Because he's not even a senior. No, because so I think not he's graduated. Going back. He's not graduated, so I think you would. I, I think, think definitely like, in some record books, in some record books, you would. What What is the record? Well, Abdi has won in, them in regular season. It's Abdi thirteen oh four six. But then I'm sure there's a. I think someone did yeah like a postseason one because that's maybe, maybe in Lawi Lalang maybe even like thirteen oh one after he's. <laughs> I don't know. I do. I think you're right. I think thirteen oh one. That's crazy. I think Mario last year. Technically, got like the True. out of season fifteen hundred record. With three thirty, oh yeah, because well, it was Weeding, still like a collegiate even season. Weeding ran three thirty yeah. his last year before he, before he signed. Yeah, before he went pro, and that's like the out of season record. At Wisconsin, it was funny because they had previously. Uh, that's how the records had been. Like you were allowed to set them after your senior year. So like if it was just in that track season, like it still counted. But then. When we came along, Ollie and I both ran quicker than some records. Like, if you didn't count like that, so Mick tried to change it so then we could get the records. I remember that. It's a questionable. It's a bit questionable. Sorry, Tim Hacker. They said, yeah, they said I got a 1500 meter record. And I was like, I thought it was 334. 
And yeah, I think Tim Hackers was like 335 on like the yeah. record books. And, and then I read like 337 or 336 and, and Nick was Nick like, was like we're project. changing it. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should do that. <laughs> don't know about that don't one. Don't know about that. But yeah, so that's um, anything else from Lausanne? This just good races. Is Jingy? 1500 is red hot. I think Jingy is doing Jingy. it. Jingy. I didn't see. Is Fingy on the list? Probably. What about Gingy's co- uh, uh, prodigy? Gingy. I don't think so. Uh, I don't think he was on it. What's his name again? Nordis? 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 That's what I tried to call him last week, I think. I love his name's Nordis because he's Nordic. Yeah, it just yeah. makes sense, doesn't it? It just makes it? sense. Um, yeah. But Gingy, I don't know if Gingy's athletes there. Gingy is reported doing it. What about Hingy? Hingy is, I don't think he's touching the 15. I think he's standing the 5K. And then Fingy, I don't know what Fingy's doing. but Okay, good to know. Um, it could be red hot. I mean, if Jacob's in it, you know it's going to be a red hot race. I am so... I mean, we said this last week as well. So impressed just at how much he's racing. Uh, he doesn't duck, bro. Yeah, Only one like jingy. Just, just the one one Ingy. Just, just one... This jingy? Jake Whiteman is into it. Whiteman? Whitecastle's there? He's back. Dude, he it looks like a British champ. There's four of them in there. Yeah, Neil. Elliot Giles. Haywood. Jake Wait, Haywood. Giles and Whiteman. Yeah. Wait, that's five. One, two, three, four. That's five British dudes. That's too many British people. All right. We always oh, see that. Europe showing up in force too. Oh, yeah. Farkin. Farkin. Denoma. And Mills. McCann. Not Mills. Oh, McCann. So you have, you have the three. So the three OEC Europe boys, Tack and Luzon. You have the three OEC boys, Tack and Oslo. OEC out in force in the Diamond Leagues in the 1500. Good to see. Excited for them. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a great race. I mean... Last year was it was a ripper race. I I'm still running that race mentally and physically. I sucked. That was, was that was a tough one. That was a tough one for Ollie. I, I walked off that one. I was dead last in like 337. I was like, oh shit, my season's over. And then I went to Zurich and ran 330 and got third. So it's fine. But um, it's a cool be, track. Be, be a goldfish. Be a goldfish. Ted Lasso. Be a goldfish. But I I think um, this is a great like. I mean, we've been met. Yeah, like, we mentioned it so many times in the podcast. Every Diamond League has been. Like up to standard, you know, like crazy. It's gonna be pretty exciting to watch Stockholm and Luzon like back to back. It's gonna be like a movie marathon. Just enjoying it, you know. Mm-hmm. George go out crushing it, but mm-hmm. yeah, so be a good one. Lots of good track this week coming up, and uh, yeah, I'm very excited to watch it all. So it'll be sick. And then next week, freaking is USA's next week. Yeah, mm-hmm. we already said that. So next week, where is, is it again? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, Who's there's, been a, it? There's, been a, there's been a lot of flaming. On the internet recently, on the Twitter sphere, about people f- talking about Eugene hotel prices, flight yeah. prices. The do, you reckon, that, do you reckon it's Jerry's? The things that Jerry's we talk about it? all the time. Huh? Jerry, Jerry's inflating the hotel prices. He, he, doesn't he doesn't want anybody on the track. You think he owns the hotels? <laughs> yeah. He probably owns them. He's probably going around like bribing all the hotels and all the vendors around to like check up the prices so nobody touches the track. Because he doesn't want anyone on the track, you know? Yeah. He's not, it was he available for comment about the Eugene trials. I wonder no, how much a night at the graduate is. A week graduate. that there's not. A trick. It's, it's like, like five dollars. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah, like it's pretty much like a ski resort or something like that, where like they don't even care about any like any other week. Like it's like they have like these couple of weeks a year. It's like we make all our money here and then we're just chilling the rest of the time. The hotel actually closes. The, fu- <laughs> the funniest I have to give him credit, Ben Crawford. You know, he's, he's put out a few tweets that have been pretty funny, but the funniest one was saying that he swears that. That, that there's no collusion from hotels jacking up hotel prices i mean see i don't i don't buy that though like it's not like how it, i guess how do you define like it's just they do they are more expensive yeah 
You can say they're not colluding, but I mean, they are. But they know. They know that there's <laughs> going to be a shit ton of people and they need somewhere to stay. So it's like, yeah, well, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, so like, even if it's not Economics like, even if it's not like conscious, it's still is happening, you know? And so it just is an unfortunate reality of hosting these big races in a small town. But I don't we, even know. Should we preview this week or next week? Next week. Next week. Well, Ollie really wants to talk about the 1500, so. <sighs> We could do a double preview. Let's, okay. Double bubble. So let's run like today or yesterday. Had a poll. I don't, I, 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 I don't go on Let's Run very often, but sometimes I go on there just to make sure like we're not missing anything like big for the podcast. Because like we don't always pay the best attention to what's happening in the sport. <laughs> and they had a, they had a poll. We have, we have a running podcast. But we don't know what's going on most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> they had a poll. Who do you think is most likely to not make the US men's 1500 meter team? And it was, Who is the most likely to not make it? Yeah, and it was oh, out of out of the big four, big four. And I now can is imagine who that is. The Mount Rushmore of fifteen hundred running at the moment: Cole, <laughs> Cooper, Yared, and Hobbs Kessler. What is like the average age? I was just of that. Group I think it's like, so like fifteen or sixteen. I think. So you got you got whole you got whole cocker Cooper. Half those people can't drink. Yeah, the goose and then. Hobbs Tesla. Hobbs so, Tesla. Oh, that's so good. So in, in general, the best thing about it is like it doesn't suit him at all. No, it's a complete opposite of him in every way. But it's awesome. I mean, I think Hobbs should just go back to rock climbing. He's so good at rock climbing. Yeah, I do love amazing. his videos. He's amazing. No, okay, that was. I didn't mean that in a mean way. I just meant that in like a rock He's climbing so cool, is so right? cool. Yeah. Let, let's right. let's let's get back to the list though. What, what, who they say? Who was the most majority? Well, it was a poll, so you got to vote. Oh, but who but did it say what people would yeah. vote? Who once you did? Yeah, did. Who'd you vote for? Admit it. Tell us. You voted for someone, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I did. <laughs> Who'd you vote for? Vote Hobbs Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But like, I I mean, so it's alright. He has a lot of drive. I mean, the thing is, I, I voted for him, but if he made it, I wouldn't, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, wow, I'm surprised. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's definitely good enough to. And that's, I guess that's why it's a good question is because it's so hard to separate them. But Yared was by far, I mean, I think we go, we'll just agree on this one. Yared is by far our pick for the win, like our lock. So none of us are saying he's not going to make it. Did people yeah. say? Did people would have no, said? No, it was like, it was like 3%. <laughs> it was like nothing. And the other two are the last two US chance. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. I think I think most people would say like the the thing that's interesting with Cole is the question mark over his health, but he's looked good for a few weeks now. I mean he ran and That's all it takes. That's all it takes, so yeah. I mean literally yeah, if he's if he's running consistently, he's getting six of the Olympics and running three thirty one, so Yeah. So he's done it before and yeah. he's he's an amazing racer. It's funny to like you almost forget how good his clothes was, like how he was racing these races, just because all these other amazing 1500s have happened in the short time frame that he's been a bit out of it. Like, it's not even that long. He hasn't even been injured for that long, no. but it's like all these crazy 1500s have happened. So, but my money is still on him to find a way onto the team. So then in my head, it was between Cooper and Hobbs. And I think they're both amazing athletes. I think Cooper is like really fucking good. And I think he's. I think he's got a really good kick as well. And I think it, I think it'll honestly mostly depend on how the race plays out, just on the day with tactics and all that. And I mean, I've seen Cooper race well a lot, so I do believe in him. And so that's kind of why I ended up with Hobbs. But is the fifteen hundred first? Is it before the five k? Mm-hmm. So so Cooper's because we don't even I haven't seen the entry. I think he is into them both. He is. 
think the fifteen is Thursday, Saturday, and then the final of the five K, straight final on five K on Sunday. Because he could make the five K as well. Like that wouldn't. Oh yeah. I don't th- mm-hmm. know if he even has the qualifier. I'm he doesn't, sure. but I'm sure it. If he like got top three and it was fast, I'm sure he'd have the ranking. Yeah, and he would just think. have to go and do a race, and he Phil, would run Phil, the time. Phil Knight will make some calls. You also can, for the first time in ages, for the US, you can qualify. You can chase, of, yeah. chase the standard. Joe, Joe did not like that this morning when you corrected I, do, it. I told him a few days ago. Oh, and he's like, he was like, nah, He's bro. like, that's like no chance. Because it hasn't been for a long time. I remember like since like Robbie maybe. Because Robbie went and chased the standard and got it. Yeah. It was, it was 2019 when they changed it. Really? Yeah. And it was like kind of a big controversy. But they changed it because of the ranking stuff. And no one understood yeah. what that meant. It's true. And because USA want, they really want to be able to like after the race hand three people flags and say you're on the team like that's what they really want but the ranking makes that confusing mm-hmm. <clears throat> so yeah who was voted most likely to not make it it was was it close or was it just one I, clear so the other three were close apart from Yad, but it was closest between hobbs and cooper i think people got a lot of faith in cole still <laughs> I, I mean it's hard not to when you're watching race it's yeah. true but even i mean it's it's going to be so good, but I, I, Hobbs has run one forty five in the last. Hobbs week. Hobbs looks the most dangerous in my opinion. Like Cooper, Cooper and Cole, you can never take it away from him how good they are. But there's one thing that Hobbs has that those two don't. Hobbs hasn't made a US team yet. It's about honestly those type of races. How how much you want it and how much you like. I know this is getting into a bit of a like <laughs> go out there and do it like kind of like Ritz. But in general, put the fear of God in them. I think for Hobbs. He's going to have so much momentum from the way he's been racing. And also just like, he's probably thinking mentally like, I can fucking do this. He like, does have the win over Cooper. He also does yeah. have Cooper's scalp. He has Cooper's scalp. He has Cooper's number. That was good. Um, I, yeah, I think Hobbs is in a really good place. Like mentally and physically just be like, I haven't made a US team. I really want to make a US team. Like I'm going to go fucking do it. I'm in great shape. Like, you know, do you Whereas like, I can see not... Nothing against Cooper and Cole, but I can see them being a bit more like shit. Like Hobbs is really good, like a bit I more think, worried than more confident. Whereas like I think Hobbs has got confidence, he's going, Fuck it, I'm gonna go and give it the best shot. Doesn't make it, doesn't make it, he's young. Go for Paris next year. If we're gonna get into this abstract debate, which I'm all about <laughs> <laughs> I think Cooper races with a lot of ego. Which you know was, which mean? serves him well. Which I think yeah. I think he really when he races, I feel like he really has to like He's really racing for his ego. So I think he has that gone for him in a weird way. Mm. Like he feels, I think he takes it really personally, like when he doesn't race as well as he wants to. And I know he sets yeah. his goal super high. Cole is seemingly the most relaxed. Well, I mean, Hobbs is pretty, seems like they I all mean, seem like, I mean, yeah, it's extremely chill. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> it's probably the <laughs> most relaxed. Yeah, we'll probably get to the line and just go, wait, who are all these people again? But Cole, oh, wait, I know Cole. Cole's been on a bit of a redemption tour type vibe as well, though, I would say, because mm. he I, he doesn't get hate. Like He does not get hate. He's, I think he's extremely well-loved, like universally. Everyone's like, he seems like a great guy. Yeah. But I think he does have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. The only time I've seen him actually ever respond to hate was last year when he... Oh, yeah. yeah from you. <laughs> from you, Ollie. It's from you. I hope they know it's been under his skin. I hope they know it's a term of endearment. When I make names, when you said that, when you said they were bad at running, (laughs) we didn't say they were bad at running. You said the men's fifteen hundred was oh, US men's fifteen hundred was weak. I said the men's fifteen hundred meters was weak compared to other countries, which I think was fair at at that point in time. I think that's a fair comment. Now I 
100% believe the US team is extremely talented and you could see three guys in the final and medley I would love to see that rivalry reignited the mm-hmm. end of this year what between Colin Gooper and me Mm, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> the long triangle. Oh yeah, because now it's all come back to you because you were gonna then race them out. It was right before pre. pre. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was before pre, and then um, I came second. I I beat both of them, and then afterwards I asked Cooper if I could get him on the podcast, and he just didn't give me an answer. He's like, ah, oh, I don't know. Sounds about right. I can do it, and I was like, mate, you're missing out on the coffee club fan base. Like, you're gonna be a coffee club TC athlete, you know. Those guys, they're good. They don't need us. They have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> I think that Phil Knight probably has a podcast somewhere where they're doing the podcast with him. But yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I, I stand by that statement from last year. This year, though, I think the 1500 meters. That's why I'm so excited to talk about it. I think it's they're so fucking good. Wait, so Potential-wise, what were your, what's your guys' picks? I had to say mine. I, I think, I, I think, Yard, I think could run away run away with it but who's your pick to not make it not make it honestly I think it's going to be between Colin Cooper you got to say you got to pick one I'm going to have to say Cooper this is this is why I'm a guy that loves running off self-hatred but also like just like a lot of feeling emotion emotion and I think the people that are going to perform USA's is emotion like it's just so much it's almost bigger than more champs and Olympics most of the time the trials and all that emotion, I think it either lifts you up or brings you down. I think Hobbs is going to have a lot of emotion and a lot of good emotion going in because the way he's running and the way he's attacking races and he's obviously extremely fit, extremely confident. I think I'm going to pick him for being in the top three. And the reason why I'm going to pick Cole as well is for the same reason. I think Cole's had a lot of setbacks, but he's coming back from it. And he's also such a talented racer. And I could also see him being a sleeper in the race. Like I don't see Cole controlling the race at all any point i see him just waiting for the right time and he's going to unleash that kick and get in the top three with cooper any any other day of the week um you put cooper a two in a race it's like yeah he's probably gonna get top three in a race but i think for me personally with the us i think cooper's going to be probably making the 5k team or winning 5k I, I think Cooper's an amazing 5K runner. And I think he'll like crush the 5k 1500 though i have to pick one of them and i'm picking cole over cooper but I think Cooper, like, pick. it could be either way, honestly. Like, Cooper could come through and do the same thing. But I just, I feel like the emotions with it, Colin Hobbs, my, my feeling of, of it, I picked them. So, that's my reasoning. But it could, I, I, I'm definitely, it's not I could easy. be wrong. It's not an easy choice. Yeah, it's not I'll, a choice. I'll, I could be I'll take the emotions out of it. I'll go with Cole, just to be the, the, mm-hmm. the third wheel. And say that it's going to be just fast enough that two races in two days... Is, is too much with without a taking, big enough taking base. the emotion out of this it's a smart way to go i yeah. mean yeah on paper he but i'm is, not gonna be surprised like you said him. i'm not gonna be surprised if whoever, whoever makes it yeah. i'm not gonna be like oh, i didn't see that coming yeah. what, what do you reckon would be the biggest surprise of somebody getting the top three who's your biggest like sleeper pick the big one would be central for sure central yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah not out of them four but yeah central coming through and getting top three that'd be the big That'd be the craziest thing. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it past him either. I could see him fucking doing it. But yeah, everyone would be so happy if that happened. No, well, I mean, when Tensor ran like three thirty seven, three thirty six, everyone was just on Discord going, "He's back! He's gonna make the team." Everyone's very excited. And that's for only the. That's only the big four. There are a lot so of people queuing up right behind them. Hope yeah. Mania, baby. Let's go. Hold get, the ball. Get you, hold it. Did you see his post-race interview after the New York Grand Prix? I did. not It's not intimidated. He by could. Anyone. He could. Yeah, he's not. He's just. He could make you run through a brick wall. He was just like, 
He's like, he's like, oh, these, all these Americans are running fast times. It's so inspiring. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm as best as all of them. I'm going to go and show it at USA. Like, you just, you could rally behind that man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you did a post-race workout as well at the track. I don't know what it was. I just saw some, some photos from it. You know, Prakul's going to be in it. Oh, Prakul. I forgot about like, Prakul. Pringles. His, his like, positioning with like 250 to go is... Mm. Yeah. He's always in the lead with like in the perfect yeah. position. He's technically a He's very technically good runner. Very yeah, good. where's he? I haven't seen race results from him no. since. Actually, no, he did that one in Portland. He even racing pretty well too. Like he, did he ran in LA with Cooper and Hobbs. So maybe he's he just, just been didn't go keeping with it. it more. I think another three thirty-five. Keeping it in the US until USA's or something. Mm. But yeah, he's waiting for that big kick. Yeah, doing his thing. So, Johnny Gagor, Johnny G, Johnny G. Yeah. So yeah, there's so many. Are there gonna be any college kids in it? I wonder. They're pretty good. I'm sure those UW guys are. Yeah. I mean, they're not running the same times that the pros are running, but they're very good races. So that'd be a cool little addition to throw in there as well. So, yeah. We we could have waited to next week to do this, but... We will do it again next week. You're going to do the exact same thing again? (laughs) We'll go through it again next week. Why don't we just... I'll just cut this segment. I'll paste it again in (laughs) next week's episode so we don't have to go through the trouble. But, yeah, we were excited to talk about that because it's just been, yeah, on our minds a little bit. But... Uh, we do have Q- a bunch of Q&A to go into. Before that, I did want to give a little personal update, the Morgan training update, because I haven't really updated anyone how it's been going for like a month now. And plain and simple, things have been going very well. I've had, if you check out my Strava, you'll see that I'm putting in some solid miles with some solid workouts. And I can report that the body's feeling pretty good. I was a little bit banged up two weeks ago, I think, and then I went and saw Jason in Michigan. And he really fixed me up. Do you maybe have a YouTube video coming out about that, which uh, would like be pretty fun. Yeah, like and subscribe. Been editing away. <laughs> so I'm very excited to put that out. But yeah, everything's going really well. And I don't know if I've said this yet. Maybe I said mentioned this, but potentially racing next month. That's the plan right now. So I'm excited to get back into racing. Um, yeah, I'm honestly sooner than I thought I would. But yeah, I didn't. I just wasn't even thinking about racing for quite a while. So. I didn't really have any plan for it. And um, yeah, I just want to be back racing. I'm pretty scared because I think it's going to like hurt a lot. You know, I think I think I like see all you guys race and race so well. And then you kind of like, you know, take it for granted. But you're like, well, these guys are running like these times. So I'm going to go do it. And then I, I just remember every first race that I that you like I have after like an injury or whatever. Like, wow, like you forget how hard you push yourself in a race. And you do get used to that feeling after a couple like it does get not as hard scary but yeah i'm a little bit frightened of that if i'm being honest so but yeah i'm really happy that things have been going well so no complaints right now but moving on to our q a first one how do we sell the oac to ryan ryan reynolds ryan (laughs) ryan ryan reynolds (laughs) we got to get some canadians on the team is he Canadian? He's Canadian. He's Canadian. Is he? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. we should also mention we should mention the guy that he does all his ventures with from Always Sunny. Who's name? Yeah, I cannot I remember. remember. Oh. So this is in he's the wake like, of him. He changes body shape like really rapidly. This is him in the wake of <laughs> Rob. When did he? Rob. When did they buy Wrexham FC? Mikhail Henny. So they've owned a, a football team in Wales for like a couple of years. Yeah, it's been like three years. And then they got, they got promoted, right? Yeah, yeah. They, they've done well. Like it's been a big. He bought into something else. What was it? Yeah, this what? And just in the last couple of days, it's been announced that he bought a twenty big stake, seven percent share or something. Yeah, they of bought Alpine. a big stake in yeah. Alpine oh, F1 team. 
Which Why is LP? crazy. Why LP? Because that's such big money. Like in F1. I mean, yeah. owning a football oh, no. team is big money as well, but F1. Why There's LP? only, I mean, I guess it's racing just is one of hundreds of football teams. There's only 10 <laughs> Formula 1 teams. I guess for them, it's, I don't know how much money they have, like if they're just like playing around, but I suppose yeah. it is an investment and they really believe, I, mean, I don't know how they have enough time to do this between the, like all their other shit that they do, but they probably just really believe that it's an investment and they can bring, by them buying it, they can bring a whole new dynamic to it. And more sponsors too. Yeah, like they can bring it. And like even just the fact that they bought it brings a lot of value because it's like, I don't know. Actually, now that I think about it, Ryan Reynolds must have so much money. Well, just with Mint Mobile and as stuff. As I said, he sold Mint Mobile yeah. for a shit ton of money. It got sold to T-Mobile or something. Yeah. So, but they have such a good I'll, brand. Yeah. What's OEC worth? What can we... OEC? We give a little stake in it. I would say OEC is Imagine the exposure. I mean, well, I okay, like, let's, let's be honest with OEC. Like, I'm going to get really, real tough here, boys. OEC-wise, you need good social, good marketing and that social, and you also need merchandise, right? So hopefully we get the merchandise out, we get the good social channel in, then, then Ryan comes in, buys it, but what do you what what would you value OAC at? Like if you were on, and I, I value it at a million dollars. I'd say it's more than a million. I value, no, it's not. Not with it. There's no social just the media con, channel. Just the contracts. No well, I guess that you have to pay the contract. Yes, yeah. That that just on, the athletes themselves. Just the athletes themselves. I would say are worth more. <sighs> think about that. Like what? Think about what you actually get when you buy OAC. You get you get the brand of OAC as a team, but then you have. You get Dathan Ritzenheim. Yeah. Yo, does that mean are you, if you does that mean you're buying out on? Yeah, on's on. <laughs> no, because on or you get a stake well, in it. I, in this hypothetical, on are because able like, to make OAC like a separate entity. Because hmm. then it's not like and they own, but then OAC. they lose control. It's still Alpine to, F1 team. It's not like yeah, Ryan Reynolds yeah. branded F1. That's like, exactly. They, 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 <laughs> like, wouldn't on lose a bit of control of OAC? Uh, well, they would because they're selling it to. Yeah to you well, Ryan Reynolds if we had yeah. I hate to butcher it but if we had say we have merch and a social media channel I reckon we're worth like two to three million dollars but I think because we don't have those factors Ryan won't buy into it unless we do do you know what I mean so wink wink to on if you want to sell but for big money he probably sees that as his specialty you know what I mean getting on the social and the yeah, merch so he could get it cheap yeah so <laughs> so even even then we're worth even more yeah I would put I would put OAC between five and ten million. Five and ten million yeah, because if you think about investing on in something, you're thinking long term. Yeah, I, I mean, guess. I mean, you and George's hair is insured for what two or three million dollars each. Yeah, anything happens at least, to it with the coffee least. club contract. So, yeah. So why would we think OAC coffee club? Let's give him. Well, I think oh, yeah, let's give him coffee club. Why are we talking about OAC? <laughs> let's not give him well, coffee, coffee club. club. is probably too expensive for him. Well, what would you value coffee club? <laughs> probably a hundred <laughs> mil. Hundred mil, yeah. yeah. Hundred millies. Oh. So it's so it's, all, it's a lot lot more valuable than uh, than on if you say on. I mean, on, OAC is worth. OAC is worth what? Five to five, five ten million. Ten x. What do you, what That's do you a think? Joke, by do the you way. reckon we're the? Yeah, we're just joking. Yeah. But what do you think? Do you think on is the most valuable professional running team? You mean OAC? Oh wait, sorry. OAC is is it the most valuable running team? No, definitely not. It's definitely world? still it, Bowman. Well, I would. It'd probably be NN running. Oh, NN it'd running. be like NN or or Bowman. Would we be in the top three? Yeah, let's, let's, we'll put ourselves and, at number and, three. And right now. I think right now we'd be worth more than than Bowman because like they still have medals, though. they have Olympic medals and stuff. Yeah, but they're not trending. But, <laughs> but they have Haywood. But you just got to think about it. If you're thinking about buying a team, 
like you got to think about you you have to take into consideration like what's already there but also like the future and so like with bauman if you buy bauman you're already buying 100 plus 100k plus instagram followers mm-hmm. like that's part of it already and like hey, we have a million we don't <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a million the on, on has a million so, Nike, but how much of a factor of that does do we get is always see what do you mean like always see for the growth None. on don't we get a bit of a factor with that social media well we're a part of the growth but it's not attached to oac in the way that bauman literally have their own channel so it's literally uh, exactly true. you can see what it is so you're buying that you're buying like you're buying a, like the brand for them is is like yeah it has a couple of uh wounds along the way <laughs> whatever you want to call it shout out to no, oh. we're not going to mention it. <laughs> Dips in the share price. <laughs> but, you know, that could become a really good Netflix documentary at some point. Probably already has been made By the way, Netflix can I just say, apparently Shelby is racing like this week in like a BMR or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what, if, saying that what if she's racing Kev? <laughs> Her and Kev go at it? Dude, they might be. She's from the Midwest. They're both from the Midwest. Wait, wait, wait. Is she allowed to race? I don't in think a it's non, a sanctioned event. In a non-sanctioned uh-huh. thing. Okay. Um, okay, so... So yeah, the answer to this though is like, I think the answer is we need to go to the next Christian. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, it's a nice hypothetical. Yeah, it is. I always see though. He just bought the team. He's turned up the gym. <laughs> yeah, I always see. I'm so sick. Pretty valuable, I still think. But well, dude, I put it at five to ten million. Five to ten million. I'm kind of just making that up. But would, it, would Ryan Reynolds buy OAC Oceana and OAC Europe as well? Because they're part of the OAC in general. So wouldn't that add more value? You're making this com- this question really complicated. Well, I'm trying to answer the question. <laughs> I mean, Ritz, I, and do you buy Ritz? Do you buy the rights to Ritz? Like, I can't do the voice anymore. Like, Ryan Reynolds says, no more voice. <laughs> and I, I have to give it up. Yeah, you're not allowed to impersonate Ritz. Yeah, Ryan he, makes me sign a contract. He's bought every facet of Ritz that yeah. exists in the world. <laughs> so alright enough alright <laughs> next question let's let's do a serious one after that would you guys rather transform yourself into a kiwi or a koala koala obviously <laughs> yeah koala for me as well well wait a kiwi's alive still yeah bro not extinct dude no. there's nothing in New Zealand to kill them <laughs> no there is that's the what people no like little <laughs> stoats and ferrets and stuff and kiwis are like they, they can't, can't fly they can't defend themselves at all Mm, the big ones can. But they speak? Did they perform the harker or something? Um, okay, so the only reason I would maybe say kiwi... Like I, I wouldn't actually say kiwi because I think that would be sacrilegious as an Australian. <laughs> but the biggest thing for me, like which makes me really like kiwi birds, is when I went to New Zealand when I was younger... I got like a kiwi bobblehead and it was so cool. It that was is, like, you like had the thing and you went doop, doop and it's, it's head and it had a nice beak and it would go... Kiwis are really cute, but... They can't climb trees like koalas can. And apparently, all they see is koalas can swim. Very no, I haven't seen that. Yeah. But, but they can, they can do your taxes as well. <laughs> it's convenient. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I need a koala in my life. Um, <laughs> but like... Can you eat a kiwi? Does a kiwi to perform the haka or something to scare away the ferrets? Yeah, that's exactly... <laughs> is that where you get the haka from? That's exactly what it does. It's a little kiwi going, ah, come with it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dude. You're going to get cancelled by New Zealand for that one. Nah, nah, nah. That'd be fine, right? Yeah. And the being... That's fine. It's fine. It's a kiwi bird. It's the kiwi bird. What does a kiwi bird do? It's going to go fly to (laughs) Boulder, Colorado and beat me up? So why can't you eat a kiwi bird? Well, 
I mean, is it like a chicken? I assume you go to prison. <laughs> Wait, what about eggs? Can you make a little omelette? Also, prison. <laughs> People don't eat kiwi bird eggs? Prison. <laughs> Why? Because they're probably so tasty and nutritious. They probably got a really nice yolk as well, you know? They're probably different colors, like mm. the eggs. Mm. <laughs> Do they even lay it? Yeah, they must lay it. I think so. Uh, imagine just taking a, like an egg away from the kiwi bird and it's just going, please don't take me eggs. <laughs> Dude, like, I've never seen a kiwi bird. Have you seen I've never one? seen one. You outside, haven't even seen one? Not outside of a like little sanctuary. Apparently, so, they're super hard to they're find. Not, they're nocturnal. So they're only out at night and then they're in like super remote areas. I suppose koalas are very hard to see as well. I haven't seen too many koalas in the wild in my life either. I mean, mm. they are out there, but they're very, they have sanctuaries as well. Like they're I've seen a few endangered koalas. species. I've seen a few koalas. Yeah. Out so, and about, fortunately. Fair. Good question. Uh, the next question is actually a serious question. It comes from Riley, who is, um, he's a, he's a member of the team in a way. He's doing our photo shoot for our merch. So shout out to Riley. If you could say something to the teenage version of yourself, what would it be? For context, because I think Riley's probably asking this question for himself, he's going into his senior year of high school. I was about to say, it'll be 13 or 19. <laughs> 17 right. years old. And it is kind of a hard question, but the, the most, I mean, the answer that I always give to this one is like literally the most cliched one, which is kind of just like trust yourself and have fun. Which is such like, such a, okay, my other, my other maybe more real answer, sorry, I'm taking like three answers, is to try find a good mentor. That's probably, mm-hmm. the other ones are like obvious, like you would tell anyone to do that. Find a good mentor, someone who you can, who un- understands what you're going through, who's done that kind of before. And so you you can just ask them all the questions, like, so you don't have to go and make all the mistakes yourself. I mean, believe me, I'm the type of guy who likes to learn from experience. I like to, you can tell me not to do something and I'll still do it until, <laughs> until I actually learn from, I commit the mistake myself and I get the <laughs> subsequent punishment. That's how I learn. Morgan, don't jump off a bridge. I'm <laughs> yeah. doing it anyway. No, like literally. So... I think if you could avoid that uh, by having a good mentor, which I did have a lot of great mentors in my life, and I'm very thankful to them, I think that's something as a 17-year-old, anyone, or at any age, having a mentor is very important, I would say. Mm. Um, I I would say mm, probably take myself less seriously. I feel like both running, but also not in general too. I think just like, everything seems like so important when you're like that age like everything seems like everything matters a lot Mm -hmm. and i feel like looking back and like looking at even high school running now like man i i don't care and it really doesn't matter and i think there's like a lot of things like that when you're that age that seem like like the biggest things in the world but are really are really not it's great advice for anyone isn't it weird how the older you get, like the more important things get, but also like the less important they get at the same time. You just realize nothing matters. Mm-hmm. I think it's the thing where it's like you, uh, um, when you're some age, like you stop caring what people think and then you get older and you realize that no one cared what anyone thought in the first place. Yeah. Like it never was, <laughs> never mattered. Yeah. That's good advice. My one would be um, expose yourself and spend time with people that you wouldn't expose yourself like in public. <laughs> I, I would just say just to waste down. Just leak it. Just to waste down. 17, well, you probably shouldn't expose yourself if you're under 18, I guess. 
But um, the reason why I say that is I think it was interesting looking through, well, reflecting on my life. And like, it is kind of crazy when I think of the three of us. Like, we all came from, you know, suburb areas or small towns in New Zealand, Australia. And then we're all the way through this journey here right now in the US, like in a very niche, I would call it a niche environment um i think like five million people in sydney yeah wait, i was gonna say <laughs> well bro. i mean like you come from like a, like i'm i'm not from like we came from one no. place and we all ended <laughs> I up came from we the, came from different, i came from karen bar south we came from different Shire. suburbs yeah i, I went we up in this suburb. i had different exposure to friends family um and the one thing that i do look back on very fondly was that i spent time with and experienced a lot of great things with people that i necessarily didn't think i would spend time with people that had different interests, people that had different pathways, but they were also like in some ways like affecting my life, um, whether it was school, whether it was like some sort of other extracurricular activity, surfing, um, lifeguarding, uh, working with disabilities, um, swimming was a big one too. Like a lot of those people I look back on and they've taught me a lot of lessons about myself, not just in sport, but in life. And I always look back on that and think of it fondly. And I think I would be very... Um, less probably content with who I am if I didn't have those exposures from those people because they kind of made me much more of an onion. <laughs> so you got a lot I, of layers. Got a lot of layers, and I think that's that's one thing that I would say if I look back to my teenage self is like make you sure you expose that. that, expose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you expose yourself to people that you wouldn't. Yeah. No, I think that's great advice. I think for me, like college was the big time for that where yeah. I left left my bubble. And uh, your Randwick bubble, my Randwick, <laughs> my eastern suburbs of Sydney bubble, and I met a lot of new people. I mean, that's true for all of us coming from Australia to America, but yeah, it was crazy what impact that had on becoming my own person, I guess I would say, independence and all that. So, mm. yeah, the final question that we have today is who do we think is winning a decathlon from the OAC? We do the men's and the women's. <sighs> So I'll, I'll go first because I've been pondering this one a lot. I think, honestly, it'd be between uh, Sage and Center. I think they're both extremely athletic in other forms of sport. I don't... <laughs> I think the other girls might struggle a little bit. Um, but I think Sage and Center would be really, really good. For the men's side... You gotta pick one. Oh, I'll pick. Honestly, I've seen I've seen Sage do more crazy shit than Cinta, so I'm gonna pick Sage. But Cinta's also extremely athletic, so it's it's a roll of dice. But from experience of seeing Sage do crazy shit in the gym, I think she would do very well in decathlon, heptathlon. Sorry, for the men. While, while you're on that, I'm just gonna say I'm gonna pick Cinta, and um, not just because <laughs> I have to, but because she used to be a 400. I was about to say she's got a hurdle background. I thought about that, but so does Sage. Does she? I didn't she know. She did steeple. She ran the steeple. So that's why that's, it's definitely that, between those two. Morgan, that's why I put. That's why I, I put just wanted. There. I just wanted to say that. That's why I put into there. While I know if she's athletic and like her story and her background is like incredible, which is why she's it's between Sage and Cinta. But I've seen Sage do crazier shit in the gym. Mm-hmm. I've seen Cinta do crazy shit in the gym too. But I had more exposure to Sage. Where I'm going to pick her. Is more like <laughs> the number of times you've. <laughs> Slipped, ex- slipped exposure into this podcast <laughs> it's my word of the day it's really impressive it's my word of the day you're right, crushing guys? it um, you know like exposure on social media and exposure on uh, let's run anyway uh, for the men uh, I think I, I honestly I think 
I, Morgan, rap soccer player. Thank when you're you. not injured, you're actually really, really talented in a multitude of sports. Appreciate George that. as well. George is extremely competitive at anything that's mini, mini golf, <laughs> ping pong in general. Um, Mario is also extremely competitive and athletic. The men's side is a bit more of a, a throw of the dice. I think Yarrow might struggle a little bit with some <laughs> stuff. Like, Yarrow um, is losing. Like, like, I think if it comes to like hurdling or pole vaulting, um, I think Yarrow would struggle. I don't think I would do very well. Um, I'm very, I, I'm not going to blow my own horn too much, but I think I'm very athletic, but not in the decathlon. Like in other sports, it's in swimming. Like video games. Video games. Um, <laughs> You know, waking up Sudoku. in the morning. Sudoku. Sudoku. Uh, but not in hurdling or, or you know. I think the men's side would all be pretty similar. Like, I think we'd all have really similar profiles. I think I think George would probably... How good is your high jumping, George? Mm, not great. But, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm reasonably bouncy. But I, I don't know if I can do a Fosbury flop. Just I feel like I just scissor it. Just because yeah. you're you're also the only guy on the team that really hurdles, so that is true. I'll, I'll put I'll I'd, put George in the number one spot, but I'd like to put a list for the boys. Number one spot. George. I think Morgan would take out the shot put. I think <laughs> <Morgan>. <laughs> I think, think you'd be you know what you'd be really good at honestly. Tell me. Pole vault. I think you'd be good at the pole vault because you know it's why? Because you just said before that you love to take new experiences, and someone tells you you're not going to do something, you're going to do it. And I, I can see with you like with rock climbing or with anything, you go pole vaulting, you're just going to do it. You don't think about it, and you just just go you know? for it yeah and you're athletic enough to do that um, whether you get over the bar is a different question but I would put Morgan number two <laughs> imagine us all trying to convene in, in the pole bar. it'd be pretty funny <laughs> what do you even set the bar at like as one low, meter as low as possible <laughs> yeah I think Mario would be the best out of the box mm-hmm. yeah, yeah he's yeah. quick yeah 100 is that a yeah, I would, yeah, I would, I would be yeah. good at all those stuff that we were like in the 400 yeah imagine just in, like imagine if we actually did it how competitive the 1500 <laughs> would be at the end We'd, all, we'd also all be toast because <laughs> it'd be nine events. Who would be the least rigged? Yeah. Honestly. I mean, that's where probably Joe would shine through. Joe. But, but yeah, I'd put uh, George number one, Morgan number two, and then I'd put Joe number three, Mario number four, me number five, Yared number six. I forgot about Jonas. I forgot about Jonas, man. Come on. I don't know. Jonas, I've only seen He's him run. He's sneaky strong, actually. Yeah. yeah. I've only seen him run. I haven't seen him do anything else. Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, what event. I guess, I mean, it's every event. It's so hard. Like... Javelin, right? He's, is there a 400? There's just a flat right. form. Shot put. Shot put would be honest with you. There's a flat there's form. 110 hurdles. 110 yeah. hurdles. See, there's a lot of sprinting. That's there's a, a lot, lot of sprinting. sprinting. There's a 200 as well. No. There? There's a 100. There's a 100. 100. There's a 100. There's a 100. 100, 100. 400, 110 yeah. hurdles. Long jump. Oh, I forgot about the jumping. Shot put. I wouldn't be very good at um, Pole vault. Uh, <laughs> said pole vault twice. 1500. You do yeah. two pole vaults. I'm picking... Javelin. Javelin. Yeah, I forgot about that one. I'm going to go Sage and, and Mario. Mm. Safe picks. Well, I don't know, man. I think, I think Mario would be good at the sprint team, but I can't. I think you'd get points think, in the sprint. I think, I think. I don't think he would do that well on the other he'd, events. He'd lose some points yeah. in the throws. I don't think he'd do that well. What, even, javelin. what makes you good at Javelin? Um, I guess the, you have to be big. Yeah. But I mean, if you look at a lot of those javelin throwers, they're fucking Chopra, shoulders. Chopra. Yeah, I'm pretty big. He's big. Honestly, maybe Kleka would be a good javelin thrower. He does have the he has, body. The, he has the shoulders for it. Yeah. I don't know, man. This is too hard for me. If you told him there's I'm a Red Bull sponsorship, if he did it, he'd fucking throw like... If you pay us enough, all enough money, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's where Ryan Reynolds comes in. 
Exactly. You can <laughs> Converts make like us cool... order Decathlon. He buys, he, buys our, he buys OEC and then he sets up a social media for us and then he says the first thing we put in the social media is everyone doing the Decathlon. <laughs> if, we had, if we had like a season of like show, like episodes, that'd be a cool episode. Yeah. That'd be a cool one to, to yeah. slot in there somewhere. Like you could do that. Imagine like an Ollie Hall shirt, but it's Ollie just like falling over a hurdle. Or it's like a, it's a George Beamish shirt, but it's him like pole vaulting. Imagine Ritz trying to coach us through the decathlon. <laughs> no, it's just Ritz doing this. <laughs> yeah. Hand on his face. So stressed. They're all going to injure themselves. That'd be amazing. Jason would, Jason would be a good decathlete coach. Yeah, he'd be laughing at us. <laughs> yeah, he, but he, cause he understands the human movement side of it yeah. for yeah. every event somehow. So... Yeah. Wow, some good questions today. Mm. Very good. Who who do you have picked? Center and who? Um I'd like to pick myself. But you can pick yourself. We'll, we'll allow that. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Like I don't know if dude, I'm just scared I'd get smoked in like the sprints. The funny thing is with like our team is like we know everyone's fast, but we don't actually know who's like winning in a one hundred. You know what I mean? Mm. Because there's still, like, a big difference between, like, kicking down in a race and, like, a 100 sprint. Mm. It's still, like, it's a completely different event. Though. If Carlos was still on the team, I'd put Carlos in. Carlos, I, know, I know he would. Carlos, his, ego is, his ego is pretty high with that because he always goes, yeah, I'd gas you guys. And I was like, all right, Carlos. But he actually would, like, in a 100, probably rinse us. Can you imagine us all racing a 400? That'd be the <laughs> worst thing ever. What do, reckon we could, what do you reckon we could all run? I didn't think everyone would break 50 between like 40, 47 and 49. It'd be so tense. That whole race would be so tense. Do you think someone on the team is running 47? Yeah. Out of blocks? Or either. 47 is pretty quick. That's so... 47 is pretty quick. I I, I don't know if we have that speed. That's 23 points. Yeah, I don't know if we have that speed. Mate. Me and Ollie ran 24 a couple of days ago, but that's rolling start makes such a difference. Yeah, rolling start's a bit different, but I, I'm saying like if you're doing nothing else and you're racing against your teammates at so 400 meters, <laughs> you have your lane. I reckon somebody's running fucking 47 I think, high. I think we would have to like train for it a bit. I think you'd have to race a couple to know like how to race them. That's what I would say. And then we'd get down to 47. Yeah. But did you see that uh, the Sandreas? I know that's not his name. What's his name? Nordas. He says he can't break 50 for the... 400. This was also when I scrolled on Let's Run today. It was on the front page. Do you think Jengi can break 50? Yes, he already has. Is he? In workouts, yeah. So Nordas was claiming that he's like the slowest person ever to break 330 in the That's not true. I've never run under 50 either. Well, he's not saying he has and he's saying he can't. Yeah. No, but you can't say you can't unless you try no, no. to. <laughs> he's not saying he can't. He's saying he thinks he's probably the slowest person ever to break. Like, he's the slowest, got the slowest speed. foot speed to break 330. Gert was saying, Gingy was saying, like, he was a half marathon like two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Might, he, he might be right. Don't, don't, don't take it personally. <laughs> oh, he's like, no, I'm slow. <laughs> I'm slow. No, I'm, I'm slow. the slowest person. <laughs> I have to be real with you, but if you're breaking 330, you can probably run under 50 seconds. You probably could. <laughs> that, that's, that's, to me, it's like a bit of a silly comment. I mean, he could still be the slowest yeah. leg speed person ever. No, it's definitely Yard. Yard's leg speed, even though... Wait, he just ran 49. Quick. Quick. No, but that's what I'm Yard's saying. Is like, if you watch his legs actually turn over, they're slower than anybody else. I think you're taking leg speed a little yeah, too that's literally. What, that's what leg speed is. <laughs> that's exactly is. what I'm doing. you're taking it a little too literally. <laughs> it's exactly what I'm doing. I'm taking it absolutely literal. If you watch Yard run around the 1500, he's the only one in the field that's running slower than everyone else. his stride is the, like five meters. Yeah. I don't think that's what running slow means. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> leg speed. I'm talking about leg speed, not running slow. Leg speed. Oh, he's breaking think, down the door. Do you know, do you know what it means when someone says leg speed? 
yeah i'm just i'm just i think we're losing to, our minds i'm trying to unhinge the uh the podcast near the end here doing a great job <laughs> now i'm questioning everything you're well, questioning your leg speed <laughs> dude do i have good leg speed i don't even yeah. know anymore no how okay fast, how fast do my legs move pretty, not that fast, pretty right? honestly you not look that fast not you that and fast. you and george are quite similar i think with leg speed is it fast or slow? Like, 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 uh, like literally our legs. <laughs> like your legs, your legs, like not how fast we, we're running. Are we talking about leg speed or leg speed? <laughs> we're talking about leg speed. So is it fast or slow? It's, it's fast, but then your leg speed is slow. I think that's the thing. I think of myself as having, I think the faster you run, your leg speed, speed goes is, down, goes down slower. Yeah. The faster you run, the slower your leg speed is. <laughs> <laughs> Cause when I try it and, sense now. when I try and match stride with you running slow, I feel like I'm like a sewing machine. But then Not really quick, yeah. when you run fast, I feel like our strides match up better. It's because I'm not as talented as you, George. It's because you don't have as good leg speed. This is getting <laughs> You need to work on your leg speed. I don't work on my talent and then George is going to work on his leg speed. Sounds like a plan. Well, with that, I think we've covered just about everything. That's episode 92 of the Coffee Club podcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Shout out to George going to Stockholm tomorrow. Best of luck. Best of luck for that one. It's going to be awesome. Cannot wait to watch it. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you all next week.